You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Texans somehow pull off their seventh straight win after a 63-yard field goal attempt by the Redskins' Dustin Hopkins falls short. The final score, 23-21. So much to talk about in this really bizarre game. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast with you, along with my normal co-host, Brian Patterson from Fansided's HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news Views and interviews. The Texans now have a two-game lead in their division, and the AFC South is looking more and more in their hands with six games left in the season and three division home games remaining. Brian, this was pretty ugly, or as we like to call it, eh, a typical Texans game. You know, it was rickety toward the end, you know, with with the way this game had gone. And it was similar to the to how the Broncos game ended, where he had to rely on the kicker to miss a field goal in order to keep the streak going. But I will take it because ultimately that's the W in the uh, the win column. And you have to go on and give the ball to Justin Reed uh, again with the plays that he made out there. The 101-yard, you know, pick six back to the house and the last play of the game, breaking up, disrupting that play. Give him the game ball because he was there. He stepped up when we needed him the most. Let me go back to I thought was a huge play, and it really kept the Redskins in this game. The Texans start the second half. Um, There was actually a series of incidences that kind of sucked because Brennan Scarlett makes the interception. The Texans uh, have a chance at a field goal there. I'm going to come back to why Fairbairn missed this field goal a little bit later in the show, but he misses what should have been a makeable field goal at that point. And then they go into halftime. That could have given them a 20 to seven lead. They go into halftime. They get the ball to start off the first half. I said on Twitter, I said, look, if the Texans go down there and score a touchdown, you pretty much can ice the game because the Redskins, uh, as you I'm sure you know, from the broadcast, all you listeners that were paying attention, Uh, They made the point over and over again. The Redskins, not exactly a comeback team. When they get behind, they don't come back. This is the first game that we had a lead change for the Redskins the entire season, 10 games into the season, which is just uh, like the broadcasters were saying, a a bizarre stat. Uh, We talked about that earlier in the week on the show. But, you know, the thing that just really was a killer right there is the Texans were going down the field. It looked like they were going to ice the game. And the officials with one of the stupidest and most bizarre calls I've ever seen. So they call it a fumble on the field, Brian. And the thing is, there there was no way that DeAndre Hopkins ever had possession of the ball. But once you call it a fumble and it gets sent to the replay booth, to me, you got to prove that it, it, it's, it's not a fumble. And there, there's no way to do that because... You know, who's going to see what's going on? There was there was no instant replay that we saw that showed that there was possession by either guy or that the ball didn't touch the, the ground. So it was a terrible, horrific call. It could have changed the Texans season if they didn't win the game, but it, it definitely changed the Redskins season because then they go back down the field and, and, and maybe the Alex Smith sack doesn't happen. But that was key, and that sack meant that he misses the rest of the season, most likely. But that put the the Redskins back in the game right there. And Brian, I, I don't know what what were you thinking? What's your what were your observations as, as you were watching that call sort of unfold? Because I mean, it, it just to me, it made no sense. And Gene Steratore was kind of stumped, and 
you know, that guy's been around forever. He, he knows what he's doing and I respect the hell out of him. And, you know, I just, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Should have been, should have been an incomplete pass ruled uh, from the start. Cause I did not see where exactly the fumble, you know, was. I'm, I'm trying, I'm looking at the replay, trying to figure this out. It looks more like to me an incomplete pass. We should have had the, the Houston Texas should have had the ball, but uh, you know, that, that situation turned over. Colt McCoy goes in, drives in, and gets the touchdown. No, 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 there was no touchdown. That's what I'm saying. That's where Alex Smith gets hurt. Colt McCoy gets the touchdown after the the turnover in the next drive, where Deshaun has the tipped pass that's intercepted, and and that was by Preston Smith. Yeah, terrible one by Deshaun right there. But there's no good explanation for that. the The officials are going to have people to answer for. But I mean, it's you're 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 making a big, huge call there because that that's a game-changing thing and and the Texans of course get a break because you know Alex Smith gets hurt they get the sack that pushes them out of field goal range so in the end it, it didn't really help the Redskins a ton but it did keep them in the game I think and that that's kind of where uh the Redskins got some momentum at that point then then stuff starts happening for them but I mean, it's it's just really frustrating to see that. But you know, you go back to the turnovers. I don't even want to count that one. But Deshaun had two bad turnovers. One of them, he sort of hit early in the first half as he's throwing the ball, and the ball flutters, and it's a turnover. But the one that was the screen pass, you, you can't make that mistake because you know right there. Look, it's Colt McCoy. The the air is out of the building in Washington. And the only thing that's going to change anything is the turnover. And those are the ones that Deshaun has gotten away from the previous three games where there were no turnovers by the Texans. But, you know, that put him right back in the game. And Deshaun Deshaun's game, uh, you know, the numbers, nothing super impressive. 16 for 24, 208 yards. It's okay. But the killer for him is two interceptions in the game. You know, like one of them I said, maybe that's not as much his fault, but, you know, a 72.9 passer rating. You know, Brian, they they just weren't scoring in the Reds. We were back to the same Texans kicking field goals as opposed to scoring touchdowns. And in a couple of cases, not kicking the field goals with Fairbairn missing a couple. But that's something that they've got to get squared away. Right. And I just want to, you know, say that, you know, with Lamar Miller, this was another game where he was a bit more productive no, in comparison to against the Broncos, not his most productive game overall uh, this season, but he almost hit the century mark off of 20 carries. He had 86 yards, but his uh, pickup per, you know, his average was 4.3 yards per carry with that uh, 21 yard run. I believe that was in the, the first half, but they were using him in a variety of different ways. They weren't running him up the middle. Uh, just like we talked about earlier this week on how Lamar Miller's being used, either middle right or all the way to the right. And he was able to get a lot of success by coming around Kendall Lamb. By the way, I do want to, you know, compliment Kendall Lamb for stepping up so that way, you know, Lamar Miller could, you know, increase his uh, productivity. We uh, apparently we've lost uh, Zach Fulton. I don't think we did, did. We did as far as him coming back into the game. We lost Senio uh, Calamente on the left side, so there were no eligible offensive linemen out there. And there were there were eligible offensive linemen. They had guys playing, but if there was another injury, and Bill O'Brien, I heard him say. Hey, if there's another injury, we're gonna put we might have to put one of our tight ends at tackle. And when you have tight ends that can't block like the Texans, and Ryan Griffin had another bad game uh, blocking, but that's just Ryan Griffin being Ryan Griffin. But yeah, I mean that 
that that could have been really costly. You know, I, I don't know what the typical amount of offensive linemen. I have to go through the league to see how many teams usually keep eligible for a game or, or on their roster for a game, whatever you want to call it. But is it seven? Is it eight? Is seven the norm? You know, who knows? But that's something that they're going to have to do this coming week. They're going to have to figure out uh, which offensive lineman might play if Zach Fulton or Kelamente are going to miss a game. And, and you definitely going to have to, even if both of those guys are healthy, they need to keep one more because they're one nick away from being in that same circumstance, one or two nicks away from being in the same circumstance all over again. So, yeah, that's a big deal. I, I do want to talk about how the offensive lineman stepped up in a bit. But before we get to that, just want to remind everybody that if you're enjoying Locked On Texans on a regular basis, tell your friends, let them know they can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, the Google Podcast app, iTunes. You know, you can also support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers. Get people involved. Tell them, come to the party, man. The Texans, they're, they've won seven in a row, baby. You got to love it. Come on, get in here. Uh, you also want to take a few seconds, rate us on iTunes. We've had a couple nice reviews recently. We appreciate it. You can email LockedOnTexans at mail.com for questions or comments. We want to bring you guys into the conversation. By the way, the Texans favored by three in this, and Vegas – uh, they're always holding the line really close. The Texans win by two. And uh, if you want to go bet on the Texans against the Texans on another NFL game, another few NFL games, NBA games, mybookie.ag, you know it's the place to go. We talk about it every week because, you know, who you're betting on, it's just important is who you're betting with. And they are fantastic. They've been in business for years. They got great reviews. Their mobile site's easy to use. We could only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way to my bookie. They've got in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, scored the most rewarding player perks in the business. And this is a deal that you get only with Locked On Texans if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. They'll give you an additional $20 to $5 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer, again, it's locked on 25. Uh, MyBookie is online. It's easy to find, mybookie.ag. If you wait till 6 p.m., you get that extra $25 free play. Again, locked on 25, the promo code. Go ahead, wait till after dinner and take the extra money. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Brian, you know, you mentioned it. The offensive linemen go down, and Martinez Rankin, for the first time, uh, really, in any major playing time that we've seen, we get a chance to look at what he looks like at the guard position, and he was fine. He did a nice job. There were holes on the offensive line. Some of it was Davenport. Some of it you mentioned from the right side, but this is what we want to see. We want to see Martinez ranking at, at the guard. We want to see what he can do. You know what, though? You, you don't really know for sure about Rankin because the Texans weren't put in a lot of positions to pass this game, Brian. I mean, I think you're really going to find out how he would be at the guard position when the Texans are put a little bit more pressure to pass the ball. But, I mean, you know, he, he did a nice job, and, and that's where he should be. We said it over and over again. Martinez Rankin should be a guard. You made that notion all throughout the season, and we talked about it uh, in, you know, the preseason, just talking about uh, how – you know, he, he's a natural guard and, you know, how somehow the Texans thought that he should be a tackle is beyond me. And, you know, it, it really showed, you know, how 
much, you know, they were missing Senor Calamente and Zach Folden, you know, with the way Deshaun Watson was playing today, he kind of regressed back to his old habits. You know, he, he goes out there and uh, he gets creams, get power bombed by uh, by Preston Smith, uh, which he had a, a very good game against uh, Deshaun Watson today. And uh, just throwing, you know, just not making the right decisions. Just, you know, he needs to stick to being a game manager, you know, trying not to turn the ball over. Yeah, but but do you think that was really you want to blame that on Greg Mance and Martinez Rankin? You think that was the reason why he was turning the ball over? You know, like I said, one of those, I, I just want to wipe it off the board. It's not a turnover, but, you know, he has a couple of turnovers. Uh, I, I Those plays to me were more on Deshaun just. Uh, making a couple of bad decisions there. You know, the, there was w- the one where he just couldn't step in the throw. Yeah, he was hit, but he, he saw the guy coming. It was right at his face, and you can't make that throw, and it flutters in there in the first half. The one uh, on the screen pass, that, that's just you got to get it over that guy or around the guy. You got to make sure uh, the play was there. It looked like if he gets it, if he makes the completion, then it's a nice play because it was set up. The screen was set up nicely. It was one of those screens you'd like to see the Texans do more when they're going to come at you hard like that a lot. Then, you know, you do those little dumps where you let them come, you make them commit, and then you got a bunch of open field if you can just get it to the guy. But you know, I, I don't know about you. I just didn't see, oh, it's that's on Rankin or that's on Mance. I mean, unless you th- think he was just panicking because he, he wasn't comfortable without Calamete in there or Fulton. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, he well, he's holding on to the ball uh, because in the situation when when he's you know right there trying to hurry up and make the decision, holding on to the ball means that, that what does that have to do with the guy not doing a block? Is he holding on to the ball because you know he's afraid that he's going to have to fall down really quickly? Is that you're seeing guys come in there that are untouched or something like that? I mean, to me, there was times where you know he just needed to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker and 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 that that option needed to to be there a little bit more there was one time where Lamar Miller screwed him because he he wasn't looking for the ball and and Deshaun got on him for that because that that was a play where it was a kind of a late release by Lamar Miller it was in the red zone and Lamar Miller at that point you know he needed to be turned around looking for the ball because uh once he goes out in the secondary and and has that sort of he kind of holds it for a second and he goes out there you got to be turning around and looking for Deshaun Watson immediately. And, he, and, he, and that was, you know, more on Lamar Miller. But, yeah, I I don't know. I just didn't see it. I didn't see where those guys not being in there was about Deshaun and Deshaun regressing or, or anything like that. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I am concerned about the fact that we haven't even mentioned Demarius Thomas so far because Demarius Thomas didn't make a catch. I mean, that's, that's a little bit concerning. Uh, second game into his career, you give up a – Fourth round pick, you, you need somebody to take some of the uh, pressure off DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, he, he, he made a, there was maybe a nice block I saw. Maybe he opened up DeAndre Hopkins for the early touchdown, the 16 yarder. But where was Demarius Thomas? That, that, that hurts you too if you're, if you're Deshaun. Where was Kiki Cutie? And then all of a sudden they bring in the guy that they signed uh, from the Eagles uh, about a week ago, you know, to try to see if they could find some spark uh, over there as well. But again, like you said, fourth round pick that you spent on, you expected him to be more of a, a deep ball threat. Just think of how this game would have panned out had Will Fuller been healthy. 
Um, you know, it might have been the same results. But again, um, I'm wondering, is it still that learning curve? They're not going to put him in situations where it's all on him. Uh, but again, you know, early, early into the Broncos game, he was able to go out and get those big chunks of yards before they it seemed like they had shut him down for the rest of the game. And for this game, it seemed like they shut him down the whole way. He was there. But what kind of impact did he made? I would love to see what the, his targets were for this game in comparison to the other guys out there. I think he was receiving a notable amount well, of targets. No, Demarius Thomas? He, you talking about Demarius Thomas targets? Yeah, was was he even no, targeted? No, he, he he was one one target on the game. It was it was in the end zone. I think that play, if I remember correctly, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, that was the one where DeAndre Hopkins got he drew a holding penalty on the defender, but yeah, De- Demarius yeah. might have been if Deshaun throws it a little bit closer to him, he had a good chance because I thought he had the guy at his back on the one target. But that's the only there was one one target. You said where was Kiki QT? He was the leading receiver, dude. Seventy seven yards. He caught five passes. I mean, he was big in that first drive where you know they scored. I, I just I, I think QT was okay except for he had the one drop pass. I think it was in the fourth quarter. But that was it. I mean, he was fine. QT was fine. He was giving you something. Jordan Aikens even had a couple of catches for 42 yards, which was good to see. Uh, Jordan Thomas with one catch for 11 yards. Lamar Miller, uh, you know, he had three catches on the game for 22. But yeah, I mean, Demarius Thomas, maybe it's they need to, maybe it's one of these deals where you just, you, need to get him involved early in the game like they did last time. Maybe he gets into a little bit better rhythm. It gets DeAndre to, or Deshaun, I should say, to, to look for him a little bit more. But yeah, that, that that's going to be big moving forward. They need Demarius Thomas or this offense doesn't have much dimension to it. And QT, uh, it was good to see him back. I mean, now you're getting contributions from the slot, which you weren't getting without him in the lineup. So that's that is a big deal. And that's going to help you a little bit. Uh, and Deshaun's got to just take care of that. I mean, I keep going back to that, but the, 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 you can't, you can't have the turnovers and, and that's what kept the Redskins in this game. Cause the, 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 the Texans defense, it's, it's good. It's really good. And, and they're going to uh, be able to handle things for the most part. You just can't give the other team easy opportunities. Yeah. And just, and also I want to talk off of that too, you know, just when, when Colt McCoy came into the game was a heck of a spark uh, for the Redskins. Cause you know, the Texans, they game plan for Alex Smith. Cause Alex Smith, pretty much knows how to not get hurt. He stays pretty healthy uh, season after season, especially when he was with the Chiefs. But they expected, you know, these check down passes to be thrown. You know, that not, not much of an effect, not making the deep ball throw. And Alex Smith had a few of them. But again, we know how good he is with that. And Colt McCoy, you got a guy that can sling it. I mean, his name <laughs> is perfect for the type of game he plays. And also uh, just with his ability to go out to be a dual threat to to go out on the run. So that that was the whole situation there. And then as it got later to the game, he started bringing up the pressure on Colt McCoy. And I, I was loving it because they needed to be a bit more aggressive on that front and they were able to, you know, effectively uh, shut him down because he was getting a little too cute out there. And I'm liking how the, the Texas defense was able to, to get him shut down. They were trying a lot of different things with uh, Clowney and Watt on the same side. But again, 
as we know, they're usually more effective when they're working on both ends, especially the sack that uh, Jadavion Clowney had uh, on uh, Colt McCoy, which, you know, Watt was working on the other side. And then he comes around up into the right, and it looks like he didn't even know what hit him. And then there you go, there's a sack. So um, just, just really impressed with how those guys are working together. Again, it's like a dream come true because we haven't watched these guys work together this long, and I hope it continues. All right, there's one guy we haven't mentioned on defense, Brian. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't brought him up yet. Come on, there's one player that, that really stuck out, and, and he's starting to look really good for the Texans, and he's been really key for him the last few weeks, I thought. I mean, I, I think he's having a good season. Who am I talking about? Uh, I know you're talking about Brendan Scarlett. Yeah, he really stepped up in uh, Zach Cunningham's absence. And he had a nice uh, interception uh, off Alex Smith uh, earlier to the game. And, um, you know, he's he's been really big on special teams. Whatever he's been asked to do, uh, he's, he's, he's out there going out there and doing it. And, uh that means that you can place him anywhere. And again, Brennan Scarlett probably should be further along than what he is. But, you know, some injuries have caused him to be moved back uh, in the depth chart a bit. But I think he really has found his niche, you know, where he is being able to step up whenever called. And um, I have, you know, I want Zach Cunningham back. But again, knowing that things are secure for the most part with uh, Brennan Scarlett. Well, Scarlett's got that history of health issues. And, you know, you can't just... Go, well, Brennan Scarlett's going to be here for, I mean, I'd like to see him get through a whole season in his life. I mean, we, we talked yeah. about this maybe a year, a long time ago. We've, we've been, we've talked about this for ages, like Scarlett, it's college, it's high school. This guy has had so many injury problems, but he's so talented, not just the interception, but he had a pass breakup. He made some big tack. I mean, he was everywhere. I mean, he was doing a nice job and, and, and they desperately need him without Cunningham and without Cole, and McKinney's not a good pass coverage guy, but Scarlett has the speed uh, a little bit more so than McKinney to handle that situation. So, yeah, Brennan Scarlett, is, uh, he, it's huge what they're getting from him right now. It's so big for what the, what's going on with the defense. In a second, I, I want to talk about another guy on defense that, you know, it, it's not spectacular, but he had some big plays in this game Uh uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but just want to remind you to make sure to follow Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. You know our you know our uh, handle, which is Locked On Texans, but Locked On NFL Net. You get all the local experts in the Locked On NFL Network on one feed. It's amazing on Sundays like today, like as we're recording this on Sunday, because when all the games are going on, you get it all on one feed. Everything that's going on around the NFL. When news is breaking, it's pretty fun to follow as well. On Instagram, same thing, Locked On NFL Net. And the cool thing there, it's not necessarily about that, but it's about these little short bite-sized audio content that we're putting up on Instagram from the different networks. So you get a little bit on, oh, this team just made a trade. Well, what 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 is what do their Locked On hosts think about that deal? What does each Locked On host think? And you kind of get some different perspectives on, on that sort of stuff. It's on Instagram, Locked On NFL Net, and it's also on Twitter. Okay, Brian, I mean, Jonathan Joseph was back in this game. QT was back. Some huge uh, guys back in the uh, fold for this one. But one guy that's held it together for the most part this season, they pick him up early uh, in desperation, Sharice Wright on some deep balls. You know, he, he may or may not have gotten away with some pass interferences, but Sharice Wright's done a nice job. 
that's you know his his calling card uh, for for the most part is it has been against the run. Pro Football Focus has him graded you know in the mid sixties. So, but it's good that he is able to produce on the passes. That's what he needed to uh, improve on. But uh, yeah, he we didn't expect him to be much. When I saw the transaction uh, on the waiver wire. I wasn't expecting much, but, uh, you know, he has really turned out to be a great fit for the system, and he continues to get better week by week. But you know what? I wanted to talk about Adrian Peterson. I mean, how at 33 years old, 11 years uh, in the league, how productive he has been. Again, you know, we were able to, you know, he only got 3.2 yards per carry. But did the Texas make a mistake and not sign him? He wanted to be here in Houston, uh, but we decided to pass on from and felt that the guys that we had. I mean, with Deontay Foreman, you know, you you, you don't know what his health is, but you still want to kind of invest into him. But just think how explosive we would have been with Adrian Peterson. He is now their top back. He wasn't expected to be the top back, but the injury to their, uh, the, you know, their young guys, their rookie. Um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, he is, you, you know, Adrian has to step into the spotlight 105 touchdowns runs in his career and especially uh, i saw a lot of them both of them were to the left and he was not covered i mean the closest guy on that second one was tyron matthew and he was just he just couldn't catch up to his speed it's just amazing uh, to watch adrian peterson work and um you know a, a first ballot hall of famer but um he's just a miracle and it's just he's got one of those bodies that you know, it, it comes once in a lifetime. I mean, I wish I had a body like him to be able to last this long and take the hits. Right. And, you know, who's to say if if he wouldn't have helped the t- Texans a little bit this year, it seems like he might be a little bit better than a Lamar Miller or Alfred Blue. Hard to say for sure. But, yeah, Adrian Peterson still getting it done. We, we talked about this ad nauseum. I don't know what, what else we could say, but the Texans don't have a third running back uh, really at all. So, you know, you wonder uh, how you get through a season without having a guy, a third guy to take carries at, at period. It's just, it's, it's incredible that they've gone through the whole season with only two guys. And even with an injury to Lamar Miller for a couple of weeks, and they still get away with it. Uh, the, the Alex Smith injury, just really sad for Alex Smith. Cause that looked awful. And that's one of those ones you know, you worry about him recovering long term. I mean, as soon as they showed that replay right off the bat, somebody should have said, you know, in, in the booth should have told they should have told the guys in the booth like, hey, uh, we're going to show this replay. Tell people to close their eyes or something like that. I mean, I don't know if they just didn't see it quickly enough what the replay showed or not. But they didn't do it again. They said we're not going to show it again. But it, it was super ugly. And Alex Smith, I mean, everybody respects him around the NFL. Good guy. You know, hope he can come back. But, I mean, that's going to be big for the Redskins as the season goes on because they were, you know, in control of that NFC East, and now it's totally up in the air. So any anything else before I, – I want to hit one other thing, Brian, but is there anything else of note from this game that, you know, we need to talk about? I mean, it's, it seems like there's all sorts of weird – you know, one at one point it looked like the Texans were in control and the Redskins – you know, start taking control a little bit after the Deshaun's early interception. And it looked like they were in total control. Justin Reed, uh, you mentioned him off the bat. 
with the interception, that was massive. Like you said, I mean, that you, we don't win the game. I mean, it's one of those, not only does it take points off the board for the Redskins at worst, they get a field goal, but you know, they could have gotten a touchdown. That could be a 14 point swing, but it was definitely a 10 point swing in the game. So without question, you know, that was a huge deal, but is there anything else, any of the other guys that you want to focus on before I get to some, some final things here? With uh, Hammy Fairbairn, you know, it's just a love-hate relationship with him. Uh, but he had been kicking well through the whole game. But when – I can't even explain, you know, because that could have been the game-winning field goal right there. And and then all of a sudden it just – it doesn't even make it to the upright. It just <laughs> – it goes right under it. So it looked like a good kick from where, from where you know, the angle was. And he's, he got a good angle on it. But, you know, he was able to, to kick it off and get some lift on it. Um, but I, I, he's just kind of an enigma, but, uh, this guy, like I said, is, you know, he's a Lou Grazo award winner. He's got a heck of a leg, but, um, just explain to me (laughs) what the heck was going on with them there. Let me talk about his first kick because, and I'm going to get to it. I'm going to weave my way to it because that was the last thing that I had, because I want to talk about, you know, special teams, Johnson Bonamosi, we'd mentioned this week, where, where has he been? He shows up with a nice tackle on a kickoff late in the first half. Uh, so that that was good, and the, and the fir- it's the first time we've seen him make a big play. It feels like this year on special teams. I mean, I don't know where Batamosi's been, but AJ Moore continues to look good. Uh, another big, you know, cock tackle on an early kickoff. <sighs> well, here's the thing that um, that that bothers me. And by the way, Moore, it's a strong season for him. Good pickup by Brian Game, but Trevor Daniel, he had one punt. It was horrible. The 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 field position. Uh, that that cost you could have been a disaster. And he's not been better than Shane Leckler. Uh, I mean, that's something that I think they made a mistake on based on the preseason. And one other note about Trevor Daniel, it's not just the punts that matter. His hold on the field goal that Fairbairn missed in the first half wasn't good. He didn't have the stitches lined up. They were pointing to the left. And that's the way that Fairbairn missed the field goal. So, Brian... You know, with a, a guy like Trevor Daniel, it's not just the punting that you're you're counting on to replace, uh, as far as replacing Shane Leckler. It's also about, you know, he's got to hold field goals and he's got to do it in a, a, a good because if not, Fairbairn, it makes his job a lot harder. It makes it more difficult for Fairbairn. Fairbairn hasn't had a bad season, so I don't want to blame all of that, but it wasn't a good day for Trevor Daniel. And, and those were two costly things that he, he did. And sometimes you just wish, hey, you know, whatever you think about Shane Leckler, he's not spectacular, but he's you can rely on him. You can count on him. Uh, Tyler Irvin uh, wasn't in kicker punt returns, of course, with, uh, you know, him getting waived. But, you know, in comes DeAndre Carter. It's Carter, right? Is it Carter? I'm trying to remember if I got it. DeAndre Carter. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. His first punt return was good. Um, 16 yards. Uh, that was good, but there was one where he gets out of the way at the 10 yard line where he's got to catch that ball because it, it gets to the five. It backs up the Texans. I think Lamar Miller had a huge run right after that. So luckily they get out of bad field position, but there's a big difference between the 10 and the five and Carter has got to catch it. One thing Tyler Irvin would typically do in those situations, I think is he would catch the ball. So uh, it's just, it's just little stuff like that, that as the season goes along, 
they got to get shored up. The Texans have got to get these things cleaned up because, I mean, this game, it, it was decided by, by, decided by very little. And we know how so many of the Texans games have been decided by very little. So these things have got to get straightened out. And, and uh, I don't know what you think about Shane Leckler versus Trevor Daniel at this point. What, what do you think? You think the Texans could have made a mistake there? It is the NFL, and you're expected to produce results, but they're not going to pull the trigger on Trevor Daniel just yet. No, I don't think they will. I just wondered if you think they made a mistake. That's what I'm asking. I don't think they did. I mean, how long was Shane Leckler going to continue to, to punt? But, you know, Trevor Daniel was, you know, I don't know if, if that says much, but he's the best punter in Tennessee football history. So I, he, he has a lot of honors uh, to his credit. Yeah, but this is the NFL now, and, and, and he's been very mediocre. You know, it's his, 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 his uh, uh, net yardage is right in the middle of the NFL. It's like 16th, I think, coming into this game, something like that. It's in the, in the neighborhood. It's just He's been mediocre. You know, he, there's times where he's got the ball inside the 20, and he's, he's done a nice job. There's other times where – it's not been there. So I feel like he's mediocre. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't care what he did at Tennessee. I mean, look, uh, you want to you wanna go get Randy Bullock back? He was great. He was a great kicker in, in college at Texas A&M. You want him back? Oh, no, no, no. That, you, yeah, you just brought up a nightmare. I, I, I thought I wasn't going to hear that name for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, Trevor Daniel, he's, he just needs a little more time. I'm, I'm willing to, I mean, as long as he, he's not costing us games. And, you know, like you said, that play could have cost the Texans uh, quite a bit in terms of field positioning. But we were able to clean it up. But, you know, how long are you going to let this keep going on, whether, you know, or not, we're going to have to start looking for a new punter. We're not going to do that right now, but I I still do think that the Texas made the right decision. You had to do this eventually. The Colts just blow out the Titans. Uh, We said it earlier this week. They look like the team that you need to be most scared of. Now the Titans right now have the tiebreaker. uh, So against the Texans, because they got one win. So if they win against the Texans and it's a tie, it turns into a tie in the AFC South between the Texans and the Titans. The Titans win out. There, there, there's no tie-breaking situation. The, the, the early tiebreakers uh, for Colts and Texans, um, it's pretty even. So that uh, helps you out a little bit. But yeah, the Colts blew, blew out the Titans and the Jags lost again. So they're, they're pretty much done. You can stick a fork in the Jags. But Right now, I mean, that's big games coming up. I mean, the divisional games are coming up. And, you know, these are the ones where if you're the Texans, uh, you, you got to pick these up and you got to show the rest of the NFL that, you know, you, you're just not going to hold on to the AFC South, that you're, you're winning it decisively. But, hey, seven in a row. I mean, I, you know, we can argue over uh, what the judge is saying as far as artistic merit is concerned to throw in, <laughs> throw in figure skating reference, but they've got seven in a row somehow. I don't know how, but they, they, they've got it. Yeah. Uh, as long as we get ever closer to a playoff berth. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. When you look at the schedule, like we talked about, there's not a team on the schedule that looks like it's going to be overly difficult with the way the Colts play today. That would be the one that's going to be the game that, you know, I would be concerned about the most because they are rolling. So fantastic game for the Texans, just that they got the win. I mean, it was like, like I said, I'm not going to say, Hey, they look like the chiefs or the Rams or the chargers or the saints or any of those teams, but 
you know, they they get another one. I mean, on the road against a division-leading team, whatever you want to say about the Redskins, they get it done. Lamar Miller, 20 carries, 86 yards. Deshaun Watson, 16 to 24, 208 yards. A TD, two interceptions. Uh, so that that's the big numbers for there. The Texans pull it off 23 to 21, the final. And uh, don't forget, LockedOnTexans.com and also Brian's on HouseOfHouston.com. As you guys know, go check out my Houston Sports Talk. RG and I went over everything that's going on in Houston sports this past week with the Rockets and the Astros and all of the above. RG also with some thoughts on the Texans as well. But we're going to come at you again on Monday. And then, of course, we've got our crossover as usual. Uh, That will be up, should be up on Tuesday, Wednesday. Andy's going to talk about the league in general and fantasy and his thoughts on where the Texans are as well, leading right into Thanksgiving. So we might even have a little Thanksgiving theme later this week. Uh, so look look for that. But uh, looking forward to this week. I hope you guys continue to listen to us as you might hopefully have some time off for the holidays. But uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 